Karen Wright. It is 936 and it's time for Gardening with Barb. But today we've got Jean Jackson in. Good morning, Jean. Good morning. How are you, Karen? I am doing great. And Barb, of course, is with her daughter. You know, she likes to go down south and she gardens down there. You know, she never stops, of course. And I know you've been a master gardener for some at least a decade. Right. I uh, When I retired, that was on my uh, bucket list. And uh, so I've been working at it ever since. Now, you were in the Mankato area then? Yes. Mm-hmm. I have lived here since, oh gosh, 1978, I think. Wow. Okay. So you 10 years longer than me. I moved to the area in 1988 uh-huh. from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So what kind of gardening do you do? We were chatting a little before we got on the air and I'm kind of a little of everything. I do veggies. I do flowers. I do landscaping. I do pond gardening, kind of um, do houseplants. So I'm sort of all over the board. And you said, you know, when people started asking me that, you thought it was a little strange. Mm -hmm. I did because I live on a a small acreage, about 10 acres. And so I do flowers, I do trees, I do lawn, I do vegetables, I do houseplants uh, and jack of all trades, master of none, as you said. Right. So so you're similar to me. You just kind of like to do it all. And Yes. But you said your favorite is vegetables. I have a vegetable garden that uh, I've been amending with pony power, as my late husband <laughs> used to call it, for <laughs> probably most of those 40 years. And I uh, like to try new things in the vegetable garden and like to share my produce. Do you still have ponies or horses that uh, provide you with the power? Actually, a couple of the neighbors uh, now uh, board their horses at my house. So yes, I still have pony power. See, that would be <laughs> awesome because yeah, I know my dad would, I always say he would roll over in his grave if he knew how much soil that I buy to amend oh. my my gardens because I don't have that option mm-hmm. on the farm. We had a big right. dairy farm and you know, the barnyard after you know many years, it built up this great black loamy stuff kind of like your horses and now I pay you know $13 for a bag of dirt. Well I live north of town on the prairie and so in any kind of dry weather without the soil being amended it just dries out so Uh, and so it's been good to have something to amend it with and and keep that moisture a little bit longer. What are you thinking about now related to gardening? What's what's on your mind? Well, actually, I'm thinking about the holidays coming up. I look out at the at the white snow and think, oh my gosh, what is there to do with gardening? But there are still lots of things to do with plants. One of the things that I was thinking about was Christmas trees. As, as people are uh, getting decorations up for Christmas and uh, some people are purchasing live trees or are purchasing at least trees that uh, have been grown and outside, Uh, how to make that selection and uh, how to take care of them properly so that they're not a fire hazard. Do you uh, go for the live tree? We have a fake one. We've got like a 20-foot fake one that we have in the house, and and it's just easier for us. Oh, absolutely. For most people it is. But I grew up up north Uh, where, you know, we'd go out on Christmas Eve uh, to the pasture and cut down a a balsam and... uh, it would stay up for 10 days and then it would go away. Now people tend to keep their trees longer and the trees have been cut much earlier. So often they have dried out by the time they bring them home. And one of the things that I always do if I do purchase one at a lot is I cut uh, at least a half inch to an inch off the bottom 
of the tree and put it in a bucket of water for a while before I put it up, and then I make sure that it gets fresh water every day. That's because I know that, that after they cut them, and since they've been sitting a while, that it kind of seals over, so basically right. it, it doesn't allow any new water uptake, and so you're going to get dry needles very quickly, and once they start to, to dry, you can't re furnish them. Mm-mm. It's not like plumping up a, Mm-mm. I don't know, I can't sponge or something. Right. And so, yeah, when you get them home, and then I know Harvey Hess was saying he leaves it in a bucket for a while, and a big five-gallon bucket just yep. keeps until it stops sucking up water. Yep. So it's, you know, really got a, uh, enough in there. And then you really have to watch every day and not let that go dry. And the type of tree that you select makes a difference, too. The Fraser firs are the, probably the best at keeping their needles for a long time. And, oh, really? Uh, I see. I'm not aware of what type. So. I noticed that some of the lots have a lot of balsam fir this year, and uh, they tend to lose their needles rather quickly. So, Are balsam fir more common or something? or do, What do you uh, think? That... It's more of a native for Minnesota. Balsam and spruce are probably more native to oh, Minnesota. Okay. So uh, they have traditionally been a Christmas tree. So which one do you said it's the... The, the Fraser fir. Fraser fir. And is that one with the shorter or longer needles? I'm trying to picture which one. It has is. a short needle, uh, but it's a little bit more dense than either a, a balsam fir or a spruce. Okay, so so if you're going out, you might want to think about that. The one, like you said, it, it tends to hold its needles better. And there's also, I know you could look at them in the, in the lot and run your hand along it and, you know, and mm. feel if, if the, the needles start to, to fall off. Then you probably don't want to bring it home. No, no. <laughs> but I know Barb has said, mentioned that, you know, naturally uh, uh, pine trees, evergreen trees do lose some of their needles. So there will be some brown ones perhaps in the center. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there definitely will. And um, you can see that on some of the trees. Some of the trees have been sprayed with a uh, colorant oh. that kind of covers that up. So... You wouldn't you wouldn't see it as as quickly. How do you that. know then? You just have to. You can kind of tell that different green color. <laughs> oh, okay. It looks a little <laughs> fakey, maybe. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Just a little. Bit. Gotcha. All right. So so that's an important thing to remember is keep them, and don't use candles. You know, in the old days, I don't know how they did it because my mom talked about how they used to light candles that they put on the trees, and I'm I don't know how more houses didn't burn down back then. You know, I think they used more of the balsam fir for one thing, which is a more open tree. They didn't. Uh, shape them so that they were dense, right. so there was more space. And then they probably only kept them up for the 10 days of Christmas. They didn't the, keep them up for the whole month of December and into January. Well, they were selling them at Thanksgiving time, so. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, really. So, all right, so safety. So, you know, another thing I think of, once the ground is frozen, and really, I think it's been this this last weekend, we, we had that snow, and when it dropped from 60 down to, you know, well, now we're in the teens, I think the ground has finally froze hard because up until recently, I've been planting bulbs and things. So now's the time to mulch. Mm-hmm. So for winter, for mulching, and you want to chat a little bit about mulching and you've got a big area. Uh, what do you mulch now that's winter time? Well, prior to the snowfall, um, I would use um, chipped wood you use chip wood, okay. uh, for trees and that sort of thing being careful to keep it away from the trunk of the tree so don't make little volcanoes around your, no, you see I that, love that oh. term yes it is so descriptive but you, you do not want to do that no you want to make more like if you're going to make it like a volcano make it more like so that there's the big crater in the middle and it's not touching the bark of the tree you know and even if you do that you have to be careful because some of that bark then oh. tends to fall into that uh, crater that you've created around the the trunk, so you need to you need to watch that you don't build up around the trunk where moles and voles and 
other kinds of critters and will come and, and chew on the on the tree. And some of your more tender trees are newer trees, which I've had to do. You might, might want to put some wire mesh or something around because the voles and the, the moles and things like that, they love that tender bark because in the winter, food can be scarce. And so a lot of times you can take like a, a wire mesh and make sure you stick it down a little bit so it goes, you know, around the, the, the root part and that will at least help. And I also have wrapped my trees to prevent sun scald. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you do that at all? You know, I have when I've had young fruit trees oh, sure. um, because they're particularly susceptible to sun scald and will crack then on the south if you don't uh, wrap them. But I, most of my trees now are mature enough that sure. that isn't a concern. Uh, I believe some people also do put white paint on the tree to uh, help prevent the sun scald really? because that will not absorb the heat but will reflect the heat so that it uh, prevents too much uh, heat absorption and then the the change between hot and cold. Is that proven though? I mean because I would think wouldn't that that plug up the pores at all do you know? You know that I don't know. Okay I was just just curious. Yeah. I, I do have a problem with rodents and I did have to put a fence up around my burning bushes because every year the rabbits like to come in. I've got three that are kind of in a row and they come in and they chew the bark and I've got a lot of branches that have died so I put a uh, a fence around there. So so sometimes, I mean, it's like a big barricade, and sometimes you have to use repellents. When you've got a big place like you have, sometimes you just can't do it. You can't do it all. Uh, a year ago, I was uh, visiting in uh, the Canadian Rockies. Uh, no, it was in Yellowstone, where they had a herd of elk that came right into the town, and there were no flowers anywhere. The only flowers I saw were in one little cart that they had totally covered with chicken wire to oh keep my. the elk from eating the <laughs> blooms. Sometimes that's the way I feel in my yard. It's like the, you built a fortress. <laughs> the deer come right up to the front door and eat my flowers there. So I have a lot of things that are um, fenced in chicken wire so that the critters don't eat them. Otherwise, they're gone. I always laugh. I've got this shade garden that's full of hostas, and uh, it looks like a, a, um, a, I guess, a garden of little chicken wire mesh things mm-hmm. that I have around mm-hmm. each individual hosta because, you know, some, some of those hostas can be kind of expensive. Yep. And so I'll take the chicken wire and I'll put it in a little circle mm-hmm. and then I'll plop, plop, plop. Mm-hmm. So I've got this basically this chicken wire garden. So in the winter, of course, when the, the hostas are covered, it looks just like a bunch of wire <laughs> wires sticking up and it, that's just how it, I have to protect it. I have tried so many different things, particularly with the fruit trees, because the deer love the fruit trees. And uh, one thing that I've tried the last couple of years, I have some hog panels. I don't know if coming from a farm you may know what they are. Oh, yeah. They're very um, heavy. They're very heavy, but the the uh, wires are relatively close to each other. Mm-hmm. And I've just put them on the ground and they act kind of like a cattle guard. Oh, so that bothers their hooves. It bothers their feet so they don't come as close to uh, that particular tree. I only do it with one of the larger trees. Well, uh, that's a great idea just because otherwise they feel like they're going to fall through or it hurts their feet or something. Yep, yep. That's a good idea. And it's much easier than fencing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've gotten kind of tired of fencing. <laughs> well, you were mentioning, you said, you know, you've been there for a while. 10 acres gets to be quite a bit to take care of. Oh, indeed. Yes, it does. So you find the easiest way and you also become a Darwinian gardener where the fittest survive. The fittest survive. <laughs> That's what you know, another thing I found, uh, evergreens especially are uh, susceptible to wind burn and to drying out. So 
Uh, especially, have you ever seen uh, the, oh, what are they, the Alberta spruce? I see so many of those Alberta spruce. They're so beautiful when you see them at the, the garden center. They're real soft and and. In the winter, though, so many of them turn brown and they get horrible looking. So how can you protect them? I've seen some people take burlap bags and wrap mm-hmm. around them. But also, you know, you can take the boughs of a bigger um, pine, spruce or something and lay those on to kind of help protect mm, them. What from, a good idea. Yeah, yeah that's something not, that was actually the, that. the University of Minnesota Extension mm. talked about as, as one way. You know, it's a natural thing and, and that way you're not because the fence isn't going to help, but what else do you do? So maybe you've got a bigger uh, pine tree or something. You could lay those boughs. It'll kind of keep them protected. And, of course, the the key is to water them before it gets frozen, and it's great at this point. Right. It's I too think late. it's a little too late <laughs> now. My daughter also loves to garden, and I talked with her this morning and said, oh, what are some important things to talk about at this time of year? And she said, oh, well, maybe you can still plant garlic. I said, uh, I think the ground's frozen. Sorry. <laughs> Although, you know, I've still got some I haven't planted, but I have raised beds, and that's not frozen. Oh, so there I'm, you go. I'm probably just going to still just plug them in and hope yeah. to goodness that they, that they work, because yeah. what do you do? Well, yeah. I, I think if you can get them in the ground, they'll grow. It's just a lot of the ground is frozen now. So. Yeah, but, but the raised beds have been a real good thing for me. They're 18 inches off the ground, and they're with corrugated metal around them. Mm. And so I've got um, four of those that are about four feet by eight feet mm-hmm. and um, 18 inches deep. And then I put um, all, well, here we go again, purchase soil in them. So <laughs> it's, it's very expensive, <laughs> like right up the front. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, so those are just some, some things to, to think about this time of year is protecting your, your plants. And I'm going to be out mulching now. Now, there's not very much snow, but what happens is when you get that freeze and thaw cycle, that's what's really hard on the plants. Right. You do not want to mulch prior to a hard frost because then it... Uh, it uh, Still soft. Still soft. And uh, so you want to wait until it freezes hard before you mulch. And, and like I said, I think it was last weekend was pretty pretty much the first hard freeze. I think Monday, uh, it was 58 during the day and 18 at night. Yeah, so maybe so, it was this Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, w- it was a drastic drop. And uh, So I've got a whole bunch of leaves I've shredded. I mentioned to you we were chatting on uh, before we got in the air. I just got a chipper shredder. It's a five-horsepower, powerful. It reminds <laughs> me of Fargo. Yes, I exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. Somebody said, oh, is everybody around your house still okay? But, uh, you know, it works great. You know, I have so many leaves at the, we have a lake house and there's so many leaves because so many trees around there that I I was taking one of those blower things that you kind of put on your shoulder and there's a bag and it sucks them up. And I mean, it's really a lot of, it's a really lot of hard work Mm, because the bag mm -hmm. only holds so much and you have to empty it and, you know, Anyway, so so I have this chipper. I just put the leaves in. They shred, and they're really fine. So I have put them all in bags, and now I'm going to take and mulch everything. And especially, I've got to do my roses still. I haven't done them yet. Do you do roses at all? I have just a few shrub roses. That, That's what I uh, have. They're, they're the Darwinian ones, and oh. they survive with no care. So <laughs> I've got the knockout roses, which are beautiful, uh, but they're marginally hardy here. So uh-huh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've yeah. been protecting them. What other sorts of things? Do you decorate anything with any um, natural materials around your place? You know, I sometimes go out and uh, pick some of the sumac. And, sumac, uh, really? Mm-hmm, because it's beautiful red this year. Not always, but this year it is. And uh, a few dogwood twigs, and, and uh, I have... Uh, 
some juniper trees that have the beautiful blueberries. So I make a pot of those things uh, outside the front door. Mm-hmm. And this year there was um, there was beautiful milkweed pods too that I could add to that and looked a little bit like snow before the snow fell. So. Speaking of milkweed pods, some of the, those uh, plants that you want to see, like some of those wildflowers, like like the milkweeds, uh, now is the time to plant them because they, they need to be scarified or, or cold. Right. But if you're going to put them, don't just throw them on top of the snow. Make sure somehow they've got some cover so they're not going to blow away. So if you want to, I've noticed that my, um, how do you say it, the Asclepi? It's Asclepius. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, but it's the butterfly the, weed. Butterfly weed, yes. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed there's some really beautiful pods that are now coming out, and I was checking to see, well, you know, should you just let them seed themselves? And you, if you want to put them in a certain place, now is the time. They say, now if the ground is frozen, mm-hmm. put them on top. But you know, maybe put something over them, whether it's a little dirt or something, or just to keep them so the they don't blow away, or the the birds or something pick them, and they'll get that scarification, which is getting cold. So they'll be able to, the seeds will be able to be prepared to uh, sprout in the spring. So Right. And there are a number of seeds that need to go through that cold stratification. and then Stratification, the, uh, I said yes, the wrong Yes, and there are other seeds that do need to be scarified, which is nicking. nicking. Oh, gets, yeah, they, nicking the, the seed with a, a knife or, or something so that it will... Um, it will uh, grow. Like nasturtiums and morning glories, I think, are some that I've scarified in the past. Mm-hmm. What do you do with, what other ones do you stratis, strata, how do I say it, stratification? Oh, boy. I'm trying to remember now. Oh. Because you can do that in the freezer as well. True, true. And I have done that uh, when I've started seeds in the spring. I have put them in the freezer. Um, it, I've gotten a seed catalog already. I don't know if you have oh, or not. Oh, I've got but, several. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, I like the Stokes seed catalog because it Stokes. gives you instructions oh. for that sort of thing, whereas many of the uh, seed catalogs or the uh, packages don't give you those kind of instructions. So, Well, Jean, thank you for telling me. I'm going to have to go online and, and have them send that to me. That's one I don't get. Oh, that's one you need on your list. I know. My husband's <laughs> going to just laugh because you know how many other seed catalogs. Uh-huh. I've gotten Gurney's so far. I think I've gotten Johnny's seeds so far. And Johnny's seeds has pretty good instructions as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's certain seed catalogs. And that's that's the thing in the winter. And maybe you do this too. You get kind of cabin fever, you want a garden, and you get these beautiful seed catalogs, and all of a sudden you want to order everything. You know, I am surprised they're sending them before Christmas, however. Oh. I, I Why uh, are you surprised? Well, <laughs> it's like Christmas was in July, uh, right? Although, you know, some of them do contain other kinds of things that people might enjoy as gifts. True. And uh, so this is the time to be thinking of gardening gifts for gardeners uh, as Christmas is approaching. And and there are a number of things in the catalogs that gardeners may Well, let's talk appreciate. about that. So if some listeners are there thinking, I've got some gardening friends, what, what would be something on your list? Good gloves. Yes, you can never have, <laughs> oh my gosh, you can never have enough gloves. Never, ever. Every time I go to the store and see them on sale, I think, oh, I need another pair. <laughs> I have a box. I have a giant box yes. full, and so many of them have only left because I'm right-handed, so I, uh, I use the right hand so much. So I wish they just sold gloves in right hand <laughs> because, seriously, I've got all these left hands that are hardly, you know. Do you have that problem, too? Well, uh, I have tried to use 
gloves on the wrong hand and it doesn't work it's very well. Oh, it's very difficult. It's very, I've done that too because. Just go buy another pair or ask for one for a gift. Oh, well, you know, I like the ones that with uh, the nitrile, they're, it's kind of a rubberized and um, they're dipped and so they're kind of rubber. Um, but then on the top, it's like a cloth, a knit cloth or something. So you don't, your hands don't get hot and sweaty. Right. So yes, I, I do like those because they keep my fingernails just a little bit cleaner. Yes. I find though, even though with gloves, somehow my fingernails still get dirty. Always. And they're, it's almost impossible to get that dirt out. But I figure <laughs> other people are going to know I've been digging in the dirt. And that's I know. my favorite thing to do. So. <laughs> I always think that, too, because it's like, you know, if you see me, my fingernails are not going to be polished. They're going to be gardening. I have a friend who says, my nails are jewels, not tools. <laughs> and that is so opposite of me. Yeah, that's a, yeah I love that. That's great, Jean. We're, t- we're talking with, with Jean Jackson, a master gardener here, and uh, just talking about some th- ideas for gifts. Do you know one of the things I would really like is a rain chain. Do you know what rain chains are? You know, I have seen them in the catalogs, yeah. but I have never seen one in use, actually. Well, supposedly they're, they're, they're decorative chains. Sometimes they're made of copper or different materials, and you hang them, and sometimes they've got special things. You can hang them from your eaves where the water will go down like a, a downspout, and the the water basically follows it down, and you can have it um, the longer chain, and it will follow the chain out so you're not getting all the drainage down in your house right but they're decorative too and sometimes they have um ones that make little chiming noises when the water goes down hmm. and so i'm going to i put that on my list and we'll see if i get it and then i'll let you know how they okay. work okay yeah we'll be waiting to hear they're, they're really pretty but like i said i've never actually had one and i've never actually seen one like that anybody else has one i just see them in the catalogs right. like you yeah Another thing for gardeners is, what else? Uh, one of the things that I like to give is subscriptions oh, to gardening excellent. magazines because that's a gift that goes on all year. And I think that often at Christmas there's so much overload that something yep. that goes on throughout the year is a, a good type of gift. And there are a lot of, uh, I love my Northern Gardener magazine. Me too. I wait for it every month and and keep it to share with other people. So there are, th- are others out there too, I think. Yeah, there are any. Northern Gardener is one of my favorites too. I really like that. Any others that you uh, have experienced? Ah, that one is my favorite. And I know that we just got an email from uh, the state on some of the books that might be good for uh, gifts. Um, you know, they yeah. used to do that Master Gardener calendar, and they're not doing that anymore. I was kind of bummed because, you know, that Master Gardener calendar tells like every month what yes. you should be doing and but they they've stopped doing that i don't oh. know if it's because of the cost or what but huh. that's what i've heard yeah i used to keep those and kind of check, check yeah them, say right oh i hadn't thought about doing that yeah another, another thing um on my list i'd like a rain gauge <laughs> my oh, rain yes, gauge every broke. year <laughs> <laughs> oh you're same thing oh yes they always break yeah i had one for quite a while and then it finally broke and and with the the, the incredible amount of rain we've been get, getting I, you know, now I see a lot of them, they're just five inches. We need ones that are more than five inches. We do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, but we've had some incredible, like, just huge range, seven inches or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then periods of drought. So well, it yeah. has been challenging, and a, a rain gauge is always helpful. Yep, a rain gauge <laughs> is another good one. And what kind do you like? I, I kind of like the ones that you, you stick in the ground, but they stand up a little off the ground. Yes, I do too. Uh, it seems like the ones that I have to attach to something up higher yeah, they don't get broken. Right. And the ones that are in the ground, uh, unless they're up a little ways, they uh, don't get all the rain because right. they're too sheltered by 
foliage or whatever. So right. Otherwise, as Harvey said last week, he said, you know, get a garden or a plant. Oh, absolutely. Although, you know, I start with an easy one if they're not uh, experienced. One of the things we have here, Barb and I do the windows here at K, uh, the uh, Alumni Foundation building. We put plants in there. And I put ones that to show people that they're hard to kill. So like the spider plant. Absolutely. That's the, the easiest. Swedish ivy. Mm-hmm. And you've heard of mother-in-law tongue? Oh, I have one that I've had, um, gosh, I think it's as old as my oldest daughter. So probably <laughs> about 43 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one called, the I think it's called the Z plant. I can't remember. It's official. Oh, ZZ. Is that what it is? A ZZ? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so those are some examples. If you're going to get one, get one that's, there's some that are so cool looking, but you know what? You're probably going to kill them. Uh, yeah. They, they are a little bit high maintenance. Yeah. So get something easy. But this is the time of year when we get bugs in our house plants. Oh. Particularly if we bring new plants in from a greenhouse somewhere, they may have bugs with them. So you might want to spray them when you bring them in or so watch very carefully. I spray them with like, you put some uh, little dish soap mm-hmm. in water and then spray them and then it, you know, just mm-hmm. re- keep respraying them. Is that what you do or what do you? Yep. Yep. Try to stay away from chemicals. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we are out of time, but I want to thank you so much. Jean Jackson has uh, been our guest today. She's a master gardener of at least 10 years and from the Mankato area. She's been around for quite a few years. Anything else you'd like to add? Oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you were able to because, you know, Harvey is uh, not able to come and Barb is off. And so it's just great to have a different voice. And, and, you know, you have provide different uh, perspectives because everybody does things a little different. And there's no wrong way, I don't think. You know, you that's what gardeners get to do. They get to try, and if it doesn't work this year, try something else next year. We, we always say it's, it's a constant state of learning. Absolutely. Thanks, Jean. Thank you, Karen. All right, it is 10 o'clock, and you're listening to A Minnesota Morning at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin, online at KMSU.